0: Today, I am so excited to have Bettina Gordon-Wayne with me. And Bettina is a seasoned journalist, a best-selling author, and a certified mental strength trainer who helps women overcome their limiting beliefs around age and start or expand their families when the time is right for them. And that's even if it's over the age of 40, because she thinks that's actually the best time. Uh, as a European living in the USA, Bettina has reinvented herself multiple times in her life, especially recently as she became a first-time mother at the age of 44 and wrote her best-selling book, The Joy of Later Motherhood, um, which also showcases other women who have had their first kids past their 40th birthdays. I'm really excited to talk about this, this subject
1: me too. <laughs>
0: me too. There are a lot of people in this. I mean, there's lots of myths. So we'll just jump right into it. But first, how did you get into the space? How did you you reinvented yourself many times? What are what were some of the other renditions of you and what brought you to motherhood at age 40?
1: Yeah, hey, listen. Um I, I first of all, I'm thinking it's really awesome that you uh, that, we, that you and I were talking about this because there are millions of women around the world that come to motherhood later in life for a variety of reasons, most often in my research as a journalist, it is because of love it's because we haven't found the right partner yet. Or our partner is not ready, even if we would like to have children earlier, but our partner is not ready. So it's a combination of of that is the primary reason I found why we come to motherhood later in life. And then some of us also have the, the good fortune to have found work and a career that is really keeping us engaged and, and it's vital for us. And it brings us so much joy that maybe that also is the reason why we are looking towards love and starting our families later in life. And the reason why this is so important to me is that I lived through it and I became a first time mom at the age of 44. And that made me also the third generation of women in my family who have the children in the 40s so for me yes third generation and so for me this is totally normal it's like for me it's like of course you have kids in your 40s because you have a life before that that you experience and that you enjoy and all the ups and downs whatever it is and then in your 40s you have a family and I had a beautiful I had a beautiful pregnancy I'd be so I became uh, naturally pregnant at 43 had a beautiful pregnancy, then a natural birth, by the way, which is very often when you're in your forties, the medical world will tell you, you're, you cannot have a natural birth. You should do mm-hmm. a C-section. So side note here, uh, but I had a natural birth and I was sitting, actually, we are, we're having this conversation. I'm in Washington, DC, and it was in the spring and I had my child in my arms and spring in Washington, DC. Amazing. Min- cherry blossoms everywhere yeah so you have these millions of millions of cherry trees and they're all blooming this beautiful pinkish you know the different colors of pink and I was sitting on my couch with my baby and maybe it was the hormones after giving birth (laughs) just the beauty when you look outside but I as a trained journalist I thought like my god this is so awesome I want other women to know how great it is to have children in your 40s Because I had a life before, because I had gained so much experience and so much wisdom and so much joy that I could sit on the couch with my child and be totally immersed, have not a second of fear of missing out or the thought I need to go back to my career right away or I need to do this, I need to do that, you know. That exactly that so many of us when we were younger have I didn't have that I was completely at peace and centered and I had decided I'm taking some time off. From my career in journalism and just be with my child and Sarah so what do I do next mm. I'm like okay I need to write a book as a journalist you always come up with a right. book idea <laughs> and I need to write a book about this. And with sitting, my my boy, my boy's name is Hunter, sitting with Hunter in the crook of my arm, I reached over and opened up the computer. And then I made the colossal mistake that literally every woman around the world with access to a computer makes. I asked Dr. Google for advice. Oh, bad idea. I put, exactly. I mean, but anyway, oh, wait, everybody does- You should does know this. better,
0: you were 44, you should know
1: better. <laughs> I'm coming to the point, exactly, (laughs) I should know better. Exactly, very good point. So I put in search key phrases like, I don't know exactly anymore, but pregnancy over 35 or pregnancy over 40, something like this, and I hit the return uh, tab. And then of course, you know this, bam, 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 bam. One negative story after the other, like starting with, oh, fertility really goes down at 35 and then free fall after 40 all the, the risks associated for pregnancy, according to the age's mom, uh, mom's age, the other way around, according to the mom's age, all the risks for a child and the mom, all, all of it, you know? And um, I swear to you, I do not live under a, tra- uh, under a rock, <laughs> under a tree, I don't live under a tree. However, do you know why I didn't know about all of this? Because again, I'm third generation, of women having the children in the 40s. I had never looked on my phone. Mm-hmm. I had never done the research. I had never looked for any kind of fertility or infertility stories. So my phone, the algorithm on, on my phone didn't know that. So I was not presented with all these stories that like you look at them once, you get them over and over and over oh, again. Yeah, so true and too. this is what you read. And this is what becomes your world. I didn't have that. My world was, you can say I was completely ignorant because I was. So you I got pregnant
0: no, without um, without Googling at all. You just said one day yes. I would like to get pregnant. You got pregnant naturally. And you had no idea that that, that, that Dr. Google was so against that.
1: I, I really didn't know. Yes, wow. I did. Um, look, I had at the, at the age of 40. So it's a little more nuanced than that. At the age of 40, my, my husband and I said, who I met later in life, by the way. So we didn't get married until we were in the late 30s, because that's just when we met. And then at 40, we said, okay, we try it. And for a year we tried, nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't get pregnant, nothing. But I was still of that mindset, okay, so what? You know, so it's like, so we did not, usually a couple of men seeks out medical help, which we never did. It. it was a whole other mindset um, revelation that I had to go through. And this is also the focus of my work today. When I work with women, it's not about helping them physically, because there's, all, there's a whole big world out there that does that. I'm helping them with their mental and emotional health, which is very, very often overlooked. And especially, so my, my specialty, if you will, my expertise is for the women that are older, because we are encountering ageism at that phase in our life that you wouldn't believe. And, and I get to that. It's like, it's really, really crazy. But it it is like, already you can see this in the on Google when I had one negative story after the other. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness. And I felt just by reading the headlines that I got anxious, mm-hmm. I got fearful, you know, These emotions were rising up and I was very conscious about it because I noticed how this made me feel and how I went from one world where I was so full of, hey, this is so awesome. I need to tell other women how great that is. yeah, To the other world where it's like full of doubt, Mm. anxious and the feeling like, oh my God, can I even do that? I went from left to right or the other one from one from one of these roles to the other one in one Google search page flat.
0: But you already had your baby at that point. And
1: right? I already had my baby. Exactly. <laughs> this is the cra- This is even the crazier one. But I was so maybe also after birth, I was so attuned with my body and what I was feeling that I noticed what's going on. I remember mm. I noticed what was going on. It's like, oh, shoot. Why, why do I feel so badly all of a sudden? And then I made the connection. And then also, Sarah, what I felt was really uh, the emotion of rage coming over me. Mm. I got really, really angry because I thought like, it can't be that there are millions of women around the world yep. who want to become moms, but because of a number on their birth certificate, which happens to be the year that they were born. And now the age, but because of just the number of their age, they are made to feel less than fertile, Mm -hmm. less than capable, often made to feel guilty or ashamed. Mm -hmm. Why are you coming to this so late in life? Yeah, But these women will one day potentially make the best mothers a child could ever ask for because they have life experience because they're older because they have learned through the years and the decades on earth but they are made to feel really less than Mm -hmm. only because of a number and i said no uh uh-uh i I got really i got angry i remember that i i got angry and i literally said to my boy hunter in the crook of my arm i said hunter we need to do something about that
0: (laughs) He's like, yep, mom, I'm here.
1: <laughs> well, no, there was not much reaction. He was think, but I took it as a yes. <laughs> and this, my dear, is how the joy of later motherhood came about. Essentially, because I was really angry <laughs> about the narrative that's out there around later motherhood. But that made me then look for other women who had the children in their 40s. First time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. First so time kids. Of- Yeah,
0: I just have a question about your pregnancy. So if 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 you're holding your baby, and that's when you realized there was such a strange strong ageism, when you went to your doctor as um, a pregnant forty-four year old, did did they not? They didn't clue you in at all. They just took you as you were, and you had no like, they just took took you as you were.
1: Yeah. Okay. So two things. When we when we go back to that one year when my 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 husband and I tried, usually the couple then go. To a doctor or a fertility clinic and then you become you, you you cross the border from being patient to becoming the patient right and then you were in that in that okay we need to do the test we need to do this, and this and this and this and this and that we didn't do that and i had to work on my mental health yeah and then i had become literally pregnant so easily within a, just a couple of months at age 43, when we, when we said, okay, let's try this again. And I had signed up, as soon as I was pregnant, I had signed up with a midwife program here in Washington DC, where I am. They are specialized on natural birth. And because in Washington DC, there are so many more women that are older mm-hmm. that I had gotten into a program yeah, early on that was the one program i believe or one of the few that you have wherever you live where this was completely normal my age was never an issue Mm,
0: interesting Mm -hmm.
1: they never they never told there was no limitation no nothing i also must say that i was super healthy yeah so to get pregnant naturally easily at the age of 43 after the years of not getting yeah so I was, I was mentally prepared. I was emotionally super healthy. I had done my work that I needed to do to be in the best position to conceive. And that's why it happened so quickly. So I was super healthy on all levels. Yeah, not just physically, also mentally, emotionally. Dietary was really top. So there was no issue through my pregnancy and they never made, made an issue also out of birth. That's why they were actually saying to me, no, you can do this while other professionals would say to a woman at age 44, mm, you shouldn't do this. Oh, okay. That's why. Yeah. So that's
0: one of the things, if you're looking to become a mother um, after 40, is to consider health in all aspects of your life.
1: That is, I, I, I mean, would you should say...
0: anytime, but when you're younger, you can take it for granted that your body is, is uh, <laughs> you can yeah. do a lot more to
1: it. <laughs> yeah, Keep yeah. More abuse. So when I wrote- the joy of later motherhood, and by the way, um, we forgot to talk about it before, but Sarah, I, I would really like to offer a, every woman who is over the age of 35 in this advanced maternal age bracket and already bumps up against the geriatric owner. pregnancy.
0: <laughs> I'm
1: sorry, yeah, exactly. Geriatric. Who wants to become pregnant and then it's sec- like exactly just the verbiage already, it's wrong, geriatric Atric pregnancy. pregnancy. I mean, what is geriatric about? Is it? It is. Yeah. Okay. So I, I wanted to offer every woman here um, a free copy of my of my book, a the electronic version, because we need to support each other to change this crazy pants narrative. Yes. Yes. Crazy, crazy pens pants narrative. narrative. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like it makes well, absolutely no sense. Okay. Yes.
0: Yeah. Keep going. No, I think you're getting where I'm going to ask anyway.
1: Yeah. Um, and so, I w- I, so, so please go to bettina.gordon.com forward forward slash joy to download your free your free copy. And I know you will have a link, a link below. Um, so when I researched then the joy of later motherhood, I noticed or I found out that there is a world of naturally natural fertility practitioners out there that help those uh, couples who often can't achieve the children through an ivf or through the through the infertility clinics and then they go there and what i learned is that the most important phase for the health of your child is actually the preconception phase that the parents are in and that it is of utmost importance if you are i think it is of i would say it's of utmost importance regardless how old you are mm-hmm. yeah but especially if you're over 35 or if you're over 40, when you had more chance to live a lifestyle that is less conducive to health, it is even more important to give yourself three to six, ideally maybe even nine months to really clean up your health physically, mentally, emotionally, dietary, spiritually, but really, really physically before you even try to conceive. Mm. Because you want to be as healthy as you can to also improve the quality of your eggs Mm -hmm. and the quality of your sperm. Before I did the research for the joy of later motherhood, I had no idea that you can improve eggs and sperm quality.
0: Yeah, I guess I didn't really know that either. And I, I just made the assumption. Yeah, but, no. but I feel like so many times the, the struggles that we suffer as mothers, mental health wise, um, after or during and after, I think they are nutritional. And so, mm-hmm. yes, our bodies are more easily, they can more easily conceive. But this is advice for everyone clean up, clean up Mm -hmm. your life before you decide. And it makes it so much easier on your body and on you. And then of course you get a higher quality of egg if you're worried about the later stages, but yes, absolutely for everyone, but especially older.
1: Yes, especially. And this is something that I'm really very, very adamant about because we have also the assumption like I once saw a woman stand up at the, at the conference and it was uh, around infertility and IVF. And she stood up and she said something to the regard of, oh, no, I love doing IVF because I don't want to quit smoking. Um, there, is this um... crazy, there is this crazy assumption that you can, and to a certain extent, it may be true, yeah. that you can sidestep whatever physical issues you may have, whatever mental or emotional issues you may have, you can sidestep it by doing IVF. Mm -hmm. So to not give up whatever, but that doesn't really work. IVF is not the end all be all. It's not a guaranteed. In fact, the chances of IVF working, you really have to look into this. Um, I don't want to do some wrong wrong because it depends also on the statistics on the age, but it is not particularly high. It's somewhere in between 10 and 15% or so if you are at a certain age. So you have to prepare for both natural conception and IVF either way. And I'm just adamant of really saying over late 30s, early 40s, mid 40s, whatever it is, the most important phase also for the health of your child, whatever you and your partner are doing right now, you are cleaning up your the, your sperm and the, and the egg cells so that you also make a healthy baby, which is super important. Of course, we can never know something can go always wrong, but we also know that the older we are, the chances are that the child has some kind of um, disability, not disability, but that genetically, things can go a little haywire, that the child is just not optimally healthy, the older we get, for that is so important that we really prepare, Mm -hmm. that we really get into the optimal health before we even try to conceive to also decrease the chances. Yeah. Because that's one of the the big
0: fears is that Mm -hmm. the chance of down syndrome, the the chances of other genetic disorders go up significantly. So is that, so are you saying that's mostly health related that, Nutrition related before conception that that that's just a myth because we tend to be less nourished. As, oh, like, what is
1: that? Is actually now, if you would want to break this down, you break it down, you have to, yeah, you would have to talk to a doctor, which I am not, so I know my track and 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 I stay in my lane. What I can tell you from the years of research that I've done for the book, and ever since, all the natural fertility practice practitioners that I'm speaking to, the ones that really help the couples that have tried for three, five, 10 years, you know, and have done many rounds of of, of IVFs. All of them say that you should take three to six to nine months in order to prepare your physical health. This is, it should be your number one priority, Mm -hmm. but not the only one. It's not just physical health. It's also mental health, emotional health. That's my specialty. Nutrition—it is so important. Getting all the toxicity, all the toxins that we have in our life to a bare minimum. You cannot eradicate everything, but from the pesticides and the herbicides in our food, to have a really good water filter at home, yeah, to drink just the cleanest water because our tap water is polluted to no end, yeah, to. Um, having um, a good environment at home, like get all the cleaning supplies out of your, uh, out, out, of, out of your house and get the really good stuff in the, the environmental working agency, EWA, please go there and check them out what they are, what they are recommending. Our beauty products, Sarah, we as women, the beauty product is not uh, regulated by the FDA, yeah? You can literally, what what you buy today at the the CVS or Walmart, doesn't matter which chain it is, when you buy a product, you cannot assume the product is safe. You cannot assume that the chemicals in there are actually not bringing you harm. In fact, they do. We put something on like 500 chemicals before we even leave the house through our makeup, through our shampoo, through our whatever we put in our hair, and that accumulates over time. Yeah. This is where we go to the age again. So it, you have to get all these toxins out before you start trying. The other day, my, uh, my child, um, so this chair that I'm sitting on, if you turn it around, and I didn't even know that until recently, if you turn it around, there is a label on it, yeah, that says this chair is made for, with blah, 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 whatever chemical that is, <laughs> uh, proven to cause cancer and infertility. The joke is the joke is only in California, though.
0: (laughs) But yeah, no, a lot of those things have labels. Yeah, that
1: Oh, in California, uh, though, that (laughs) maybe only if you're in California, only if you're in California. Exactly. For me here. No, it's it's all good. Exactly. This this is the craziness. And we don't Mm -hmm. even know it. So this is why it's so important. Yeah. To take care of that. And the older you get, the more vigilant you have to be because the sidestepping with IVF, the chances are slim do you know what i mean mm-hmm. that this really works mm-hmm. yeah that's so amazing. so that is it's, it. that's really important the preconception phase is the is the most important and then phase of uh, and also because your child's health all the organs everything is formed by eight weeks in utero right so
0: that's usually when you're finding out you're pregnant or a little bit, mm-hmm. a little bit before. So think that mm-hmm. the is the, yep. the trajectory is set. So exactly. They say, you know, you're so sick. A lot of women are so sick in the first trimester. And my advice from what I've read is just be okay. Just, just stay hydrated. Your body can handle this. It's not like your, mm-hmm. your, your baby is taking a lot of caloric needs from you at that point. Your body can handle this. Just stay hydrated because everything is set. Is that You're Mm -hmm. not building a whole lot right now. I mean, you're building, but, you know, the trajectory. You're growing.
1: growing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so the the, the preconception phase is really important. And then what I also learned is um, that there's actually way more fertility around than we are led to believe when it comes to being older. Because I found, so the, the joy of later motherhood is a book, it's all about the stories of real women who conceived the first child naturally over the age of 40. And then some of them went on to have three children, you know? So that was my parameter because first I thought just, you know, women over 40 being first time moms. But then I noticed that most of the women that I interview had natural conception. So this is then I focused on that only or primarily. And I never went onto my social media platforms to say, hey, I'm writing this book. Are you one of them? I never did that. I never even once went to a forum to find the women to interview. I only asked in my my circle of friends. By then I knew some other women in Washington DC who had the children already in the forties. And it was only word of mouth that I, within two months, I had found over 60 women who had conceived naturally in the forties Yeah, Um, and were willing to talk to me about their experience in less than two months without social media, without going to forums. That's also when I noticed, hang on a second, theoretically, statistically, statistically, all these women only had a 5% chance of falling pregnant. I was like, there's something not right in this. And what's not right is that the women who fall pregnant, the couples who have the children, naturally we are not in a statistic Sarah Mm -hmm. we're not in there like the best statistics um or the best data that is used for the most precise data that is used for most of the statistics not all of them but most of the statistics come from the infertility clinics themselves because that's their job that's their that's the success rate
0: oh interesting they
1: keep yeah they keep immaculate records of their patients, of course, and then, you know, the more, the more pregnancy, pregnancies that happening through what, whatever the procedure that they're performing, that's good for the success rate. Mm. This is good for their marketing then say, oh yeah, our clinic has, you know, we have helped uh, that many people to, to become pregnant and so on, that many couples, women, so they keep immaculate records. And these records are often used as the baseline or the majority for the statistics mm. that we see but Sarah I am not in any statistic when no. I showed up at the midwives pregnant this just said to me oh so how did you get pregnant I said naturally and she just marked the check mark under spontaneous pregnancy and that mm-hmm. was it nobody asked me a thing nobody same thing same thing with the with the other women in the joy of later motherhood they are not in a statistic Mm-hmm. So what we are seeing that the scary headlines, they are not presenting us the full picture. Yeah, I, I believe there, there's way more fertility over the age of 35 and 40 out there than we are led to believe. And that is important for women to know that they are not, that they are not going into the whole process with so much fear and anxiety because that is super contraproductive. Well,
0: you're saying that the the pregnancy, I mean, it's amazing anybody gets pregnant anyway. You look at the statistics of how many pregnancies actually stick. It's like 3%, right? It's tiny. Mm -hmm. So you're saying 5%. So you're saying basically that uh, we've kind of gotten ourselves into this like mental funk, this mental... This, this puzzle, we've, we've created this for ourselves, for women in their 40s, that your fertility doesn't have to decline in your 40s. It can be as strong as when you're in your 30s, right?
1: Look, the narrative that is presented to us, as right. women yes. who want to get pregnant, the narrative out there is focused primarily on all the things that can go wrong with your body and using statistics and data to support that. And yet, again, the statistics, we don't get the full picture. I because cannot tell you. We're not tracking
0: you. how many 25-year-olds lose babies, but we're tracking how many
1: 45-year-olds lose babies. Uh, yeah, or, or, lose just to get, or, or, or just to get pregnant.
0: It just takes a little longer sometimes.
1: Yeah, maybe. A, it takes longer, but the, other, the, the older you get, the less time you're given. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, before you before you labeled infertile. You know, mm-hmm. so under 35, you usually have a year before your doctor raises any question. Between 35 and 40, they, they, the rule, so to speak, is try for six months. But well,
0: up- because they're worried that you're going to try for four years and be older and older and older. So yes, it's not exactly. so much that you're less exactly. fertile with the expectations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it kind of messes with our head and our expectation that it should it must be harder to get pregnant. No, they just want you to. Okay. So if, if you're having a baby at 40 is is totally fine, totally natural really. And there are a lot of people doing it just fine. Then what is the upper limit? Are we are we gonna see women having babies normally into their 50s or is there like, where's, because, because we're saying 35 is a geriatric pregnancy. Where do you think the line then is where you're like, okay, step back, maybe re- reassess your situation and your choices at 55, like what are we doing? <laughs>
1: what do you think? I, I, I really don't know where this geriatric pregnancy and advanced maternal age really came from, but I can tell you that a hundred years ago, yeah, in the 1920s, women had the last child when they were already grandmothers, right? So having babies,
0: menopause,
1: (laughs) exactly, exactly. 47, 48. I spoke to one of the Chinese, um, traditional Chinese medicine practitioners in this fertility world. And he said, you know, in traditional Chinese medicine, they 49, did they, they do everything in seven year cycles? 49 is you're at least fertile until 49. Oh. It is also a cultural perception, yeah? That puts you into a certain age group or in 1920, when when they I just remember that in 1920, the average age of women having the last children was 42 years old. The average wow. age of the last child. in That is 100 years ago when life expectancy was a lot shorter yeah. than it is today. So I think our, our time um, of fertility is shortened by perception, mm. by the narrative that's out there telling you it goes down, and, but also life in the in the in the third millennia in the 21st century because of all the toxicity that we are having of all the not knowing about it you know the stressful lifestyle that we have the the food supply that we have it's not the same anymore as it was 100 years ago there's a it's a combination of both and that's why we need to be so aware of first of all, have a different mindset around it. Just take a super deep breath and don't take on the statistics, these negative headlines that can really do harm to you mentally and emotionally and take this on so that that we can shut this out a little bit, yeah? And at the same token, but become very aware of the stressful life that we are leading. Look, I mean, if you are running 100 miles an hour, and not take the time for really good food for nourishing whatever you like to do yoga for self love for self nourishment to be to be optimal in optimal health Mm -hmm. if you don't have the time to do that you need to think about this first and and say okay what is it that i that i can do so it's about it's a combination i feel of blocking out all this negativity that can make you crazy Yeah. yeah and then go really inward and say okay what is it that i need to do because Sarah, you had your children much earlier in life. I'm telling you, this is so infertility is okay, let's let's talk about this. <laughs> so infertility, <many> <laughs> yeah, I know. This is infer, no, no, no. <laughs> in, infertility is real. It's absolutely real. Yes. Eight, I think eight, eight couples, every eight couple in America struggles with uh, with infertility. I think every six in Australia. So this is absolutely real. What is also real is um the, that our fertility does decline over the years of course because at some point in our lives all we, of us are yes. going into menopause when we are stopped stop, stop <laughs> menstruating and we enter the next awesome phase in our life but when that menopause time comes is completely individual because today sarah we see i'm sure you know this we see women in the 30s i spoke to one who was 37 menopause done that's it Mm-hmm. In, in, in your 30s, or we have women in their 50s. And I'm like, I'm far oh, I know, away. I know that. some
0: people in their early 60s. And I'm like, really? we're Exactly. Doing this well. <laughs> look, look, look,
1: look, look at this time span. Mm-hmm. It is there is a big, big difference in between when this happens. There's a huge difference in between your chronological age and your biological age. And yes. what I'm saying is we cannot judge a woman's health and fertility by her age only. We can't well, that do that. That makes a lot of
0: sense. Well, and then that, but that's also part of the argument to have your children younger because you never know when menopause is going to hit. But at the same time, you're saying you're the third generation of, of women to give birth in their 40s. So you can kind of look to your mother and your sisters to see what's going on, right? And then you
1: not have to be that. Yeah, yes, yes, a that, yes, and I think the healthier your lifestyle, and this is something that I really want to also give our viewers that are listeners that are younger, our lifestyle has like fertility is an extension of your overall health. Yes, so true. So the better we live today, mm-hmm. the idea that the longer we can stay fertile. Yeah. So even, even younger women, when we talk about infertility now, We have the wrong conversation. We really make it about age. Putting the older women into that, oh my God, I waited too long kind of bucket. Mm -hmm. And for the younger women who do struggle, I mean, we have 20 year olds, we have late teenagers, I've heard of them. Like we have couples that are struggling, they're very young and they struggle to get pregnant. And they are under extreme pressure because she may think, oh my God, I'm so young, what's wrong with me? I should have the children just like this. Mm -hmm. And it is not that easy. We are having the wrong conversation. It should be about health.
0: Well, and also that brings up we, a lot of fertility, just in our mindset, we expect the woman, it's her responsibility, but Mm health-wise, health health in all those areas you're talking about, what about the sperm? What about the man? (laughs) What, you know, if, uh, how much of the young infertility is actually a a chemical or a a toxicity problem in the male and his sperm Mm -hmm. is just... Little swimmers are not doing well.
1: (laughs) Uh, uh, Sarah, I just read this statistic the other day that in the Western world today, and they did not give any age, the doctor that reported that didn't give any age. So I'm guessing it's whatever they're looking from 18 to, I don't know what, 58, whatever. That I don't know, it doesn't matter. That in the Western world, uh, in between 52 and 57% of men today have a sperm count so little that they are infertile. Mm. This is yep. over 50% of men, but wow. we are still making infertility about women. Women, yeah, yeah. We Wait, had, hello? Well, I know I read somewhere that we think that
0: our systems are complicated. Mm-hmm. The male system is equally as complicated to get those little swimmers created cr- correctly. That is, I mean, just yeah. not the and, temperature and, and differential not- of the testicles and all the things that have to happen. Yes, yeah. <laughs> like, how does anybody make any sperm? <laughs>
1: Yeah, or getting drunk on beer for one night influences your sperm for I don't know how many weeks to come. I mean, this is crazy. Wow, we are only talking about the women. It's this is a 50-50 thing. This is a thing, yeah. And we have to focus on health primarily, not on age. Yeah. And the younger we are realizing that, like if 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 you're now 30 or 35 and you have not found the partner that you would like to have your children with or the situation is just not right yet then please be mindful that everything what the lifestyle that you have today determines or influences strongly the fertility that you will have in five or in 10 years from now
0: Mm
1: -hmm. so being mindful ages
0: honestly all ages
1: ages. exactly what you're doing today will show up In your face what you know the lifestyle that you have today will show up visibly in your face yeah with wrinkles or not and will but will show up internally just as much in five years in 10 years in 15 years from now Mm -hmm. so we need to be very very mindful about the life that we are living today and think a little bit further ahead and you know what drives me crazy the supposedly best age um to have a child is uh, not just fertility but i don't know what the factors are that are coming together but like 28 you should and after 28 you shouldn't but 28 is really really good and i'm thinking you and i we notice everybody who has a child or more than one child we know this is not just about giving birth. This is about raising human yep, beings, yep, yep. guiding them to, for twenty years.
0: Exactly. We've been talking about a lot of the health, the fertility stuff, but there's a whole other side. And and we talked a little bit before the recording, and it's that it's that you were able to sit with your son and look at those cherry blossoms, having a lifetime of experience and processes in your brain that allowed you to experience it on a different level. I know when I was young with four tinies, I mean I nursed and was pregnant pregnant back-to-back for nine years, like with almost no break. And I just thought, I wonder how, how much of the hard stuff that happened to me as a young mother was because of my immaturity emotionally and spiritually. And the fact that I put my body through something that emotionally and spiritually, I didn't know what was going on Mm -hmm. (laughs) and Mm -hmm. how much, you know, how much would change if I, we, we do kind of joke that older mothers are more helicopter parents and, but it's, but but I don't think that's such a derogatory term. You now have the time and mm-hmm. the life skills to see what dangers are up here with your son, and you know the parent-teacher conferences or this, this and that. You know with your life skills what's going on, and you are a, a better a better protector, I think, right? As you're older, so so there's that's just my own my own thoughts just that we're so pushed mm-hmm. to have children young, and yet it's so hard to be broke. And pregnant at the same time (laughs) yes yes honey yes I hear you exactly I know my first I my first I didn't have cavities and I didn't have any health issues until I had my first baby but we couldn't afford good food we could afford good food and I was I had the government program and and I just didn't eat well and it affected my last pregnancy was my healthiest and I was the oldest because Mm -hmm. I had better food I had better support and I could have had that anyway. It's just, ah, so it's not yeah. just the fertility, it's the life. Okay. But then my other question yeah. then is on the flip side, I'm going to be a young grandma. I'm going to be done with these kids by the time I'm, uh, I don't know the math, but pretty young. And they're going to be out of my house and I'm going to be able to travel and I'm going to be able to do all the things in my career. So it's not that I missed out anything, it's I flipped. And the worry sometimes is if you have your baby too old, then you're, Dead by the time your grandkids come, right?
1: Yes, yes, I hear you.
0: So what I mean, speak to that. Yeah, maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let, let's <laughs> let, let,
1: let's unpack that. Look, I think there's pros and cons for every for every age group. I'm a firm believer that um, I'm not I'm actually not saying you should wait. If you feel that you have a good situation right now, the right partner, financial stability, you mm-hmm. just into that, I think it's very, very important. And that you have a um, maybe also a support system or so. Have your children when their time is right for you, but don't be pressured into yeah, having yeah. them younger than than you I would you say would the support
0: to. system is more important than the monetary system because we've been having babies in poverty for the last you know fifty thousand million generations, right? But it's it's the support system. If grandma, yeah. mother in law, sisters, friends, aunties, they're not in your picture and you're you're alone that's I think the bigger
1: yeah then then you need to have the finances to hire the help to hire the support system yeah Mm -hmm. so for me it's like it's really when you have when you are in a really good place I would say then have the children and for some of us so so there's uh, pros and cons for every age but for me so for example um when you think about exactly so I was 44. So there is the, there's the idea of, oh, then you have less time with your child and you'd be super old once the child leaves the house. For that, I want to say that the, we have statistics today, it's very interesting. Um, and I was looking for them, I'm sorry, so um, I may not be quoting, I, I cannot say it exactly, I cannot quote the study right now because I couldn't find my notes. But um, there was a statistic that was released just a couple of years ago where they looked at, at, I think, 900 women. And it turns out that the women that had children after the age of 31 are the ones that have a life expectancy of 95 years of age.
0: Mm.
1: So it turns out that the women that had the children later, they have a longer life expectancy. Mm-hmm. So you will have enough time with your child and also mental mental the uh, the cognitive abilities yeah decline less in women that have the children later in life than the ones that have the children earlier, which is also very interesting. I didn't, I, I, that was news, news to well, me. Well, because that... you
0: exercise your brain when you have a young child. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that, that could be part of it. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it doesn't really go into the explanation as of why, but eight, you have longer life expectancy, better cognitive function the older mm-hmm. you get. So, there's like their, their physical pluses to being, to, to, to having the children later. But there's also, of course, you already brought this up there's more of financial stability
0: Mm
1: -hmm. is when you find your partner later in life. The chances that you can grow together are pretty high than if you come together like right after high school where people often go into different directions after, after a while. So the stability of the relationship is there. The financial background that you can hire the support that you need because it does take a village. I mean, it is what it, I mean. <laughs> the saying doesn't come from, oh, from it nowhere. Does. There's, yeah, it I mean, really it does. does. You know, so there are these these um, beautiful benefits to being older, then and you just have to weigh them. Mm-hmm. Again, I would not say, okay, just wait no. initially until well, you're in your 40s. Yeah, there's
0: a lot of people that say, wait, because you need to be financially stable. Or you did, 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 and you're saying, yeah. nope, just mm-hmm. have a baby, whatever it's right. And if it's in your 40s, then embrace it and let's do this. <laughs> yes, exactly.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. If you, for whatever reason, find yourself at the age of 38 and say, oh, now is my time. I really would love it now. Then be. This this, this, this is exactly, I'm not saying you should wait until 38 or 44. I'm not saying that. But if you find yourself into the situation of being a little bit older, when you come towards motherhood, then celebrate that. Don't fear it. Yeah. Step into yep. it with power. And I'm sure you've experienced some ageism.
0: And what would you say to people that are experiencing ageism?
1: <laughs> Look, so there's always the like, oh, there's okay. Hang on a second. So there's uh, uh, the, the fear of being called grandmother. Will they Yeah. That I'm the grandmother or, 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 or the mother. Will that happen to you? Yes, it will. But it's not a reflection of you or what you look like. It's a reflection of the people that are that, that, that are saying this because we all have stories attached to an age. Mm-hmm. Like where you live, Sarah, the, the, the general conversation is, oh, you need to be a mother by 35 or at the latest uh, by 25 or at the latest at 30, otherwise you are old. Yeah. In the country, in the part of the country that I live in, in Washington, DC, the story is very different. The story is, oh, you're 30 and having a child. That's quite young, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah but this, these are all just constructs. These are all just stories, not based in reality. This is just what people do here. Yeah. You know? So so that you you have that. And so it happened to me. Hunter was maybe a, a few months old. And it was in the summer and we were in Southern Virginia at a farmer's market. And I'm talking to a lovely lady and we're having a nice conversation. And then I say something that dated me. I said something, I made a cultural reference and I could see in her mind, she's doing the math and she's realizing that I'm older than I look. <laughs> and, and she was like, and I could see this in her face. She did the math and like, and all of a sudden <laughs> she wasn't quite sure. She was like, uh, are you mom or grandma? You know, it's like, but only because of what I said. And so will they think you could be grandmother? Yes, but it's not their reflection of who you are. It's a it's a reflection of who they are, where they come from, and the stories that are told in their environment. Yeah. That, that's it. That's it. That's literally it. And if you go gray by now, which I don't because I color my hair, um, but today you have so many on instagram uh women that are celebrating their gray hair Or now coming out of the pandemic so many women in the 30s are going really silvery yeah mm-hmm. because that's just what happened and we hadn't seen the uh, um the hairdresser for some time so it becomes also so normalized yeah, so yeah. i would not use this as any kind of oh my god they're going to do it yeah they are so what do you know what mm-hmm. i mean it's like so what hmm.
0: Wow. Fascinating. OK, so um, we well, we've kind of you said there were three myths to later motherhood and we've kind of we've kind of yeah, all. Yeah. time, we, energy in we... being called a grandma.
1: Yeah. For, for the energy, I really want to say that, um, look, we all know you were much younger than I was when I when when I had Hunter, that having little children is exhausting no matter what. But when you're younger, yeah. you can just say, I'm exhausted. This is like taking so much out of me. If you're older and you say, I am exhausted. That takes so much out of me. People will say, oh yeah, that's because you're not young anymore.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say also uh, back to the, the whole mental health thing. Does it take more physical or mental energy to survive young motherhood? I would say for me, it's mostly, it was mostly mental stamina. I have so many kids so close together. I no, I mean, as a 40 year old, I probably could handle that a lot better. I mean, my life is crazier and busier now than it was when my kids were tiny. And no, I'm not being woken up 50 times a night, um, you know, by a nursling, but I, but I also wasn't back then either. <laughs> figured out the co-sleeping thing I was like yeah what was that excuse I think it was just the the taxation of bad nutrition and not really being prepared for that many kids so fast that was Mm -hmm. that was that zapped my energy and I think if I were to do the whole thing again I have a better support my husband is my husband's an actual human now, instead of a you know a teenage boy because you know men they mature their frontal cortex matures later. He's mm-hmm. a great dad, but man, he got better. He ripened with age, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yep. There's really some something to be said, and then and you hinted to that before. Exactly, energy is not just a physical affair. Energy is also the mental uh-huh. part. Is really big, and when you have a um, worry about money that saps your energy like no other
0: well my grandma has or my mom has energy for miles for her grandkids and she has way more grandkids than she had kids so Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) yeah it is like we we just think about energy as something physical but there's so much more to that and if you like relationships they sap energy like no other if they're not working the way you were Mm -hmm. hoping you know, these are the things that really sap energy. It's not just that we get older and again, but we also need to bring it back to the point that the older you are, the better in shape you should be before you even try. Because yeah, there's yeah. one thing I also knew when I conceived Hunter, I gave up my right to sit on the couch at 50 or 55 and bitch and moan about my ailments yeah, and read the paper and watch TV. I gave up that right when I conceived him because our children, they really, uh, it's our responsibility, the older we get to have the better lifestyle, the ultimately good lifestyle for all of us because our, our children deserve our time, our energy going out with them in nature being essentially really young in our attitude and what we show them, we cannot just give in and, and, and now sit on the couch on the weekends and watch just Netflix. That, yep. that right is out of the window. We have this responsibility to really, really take super care of ourselves, to move forward with them and give them the lifestyle and the the activity level uh-huh. that they deserve. Yeah. It's super important.
0: Amazing. Well, I, I really, really enjoyed this conversation. This is fascinating i i uh me too we should just make this you know if you're over 40 and you haven't had your children yet you must listen to this this episode i just i just love that you're such an eloquent and strong voice and advocate for older mothers and i believe yeah that we can change that that i well i say i've said this before but i i'll say this about this episode specifically that i hope that this is obsolete in 15 years that our uh, that our girls that our daughters we'll look back and be like really mom you thought that it was dumb to have a baby in your 40s like really your culture your you're just as we think our great grandmas were having babies at 40 and they didn't something shifted we can shift it back yes cuz yes. our great grandmas didn't think that was weird so mm-hmm. let's shift it back and let's stop let's stop the ageism yeah. Somebody I was talking to you recently was talking about ageism within chil- for children and how we expect them to be less than human because they're younger and we almost do the same thing
1: for our older people. <laughs> this is so dumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, we are totally like this is what I why I said out to write the book. I want to shift the narrative. This is crazy pants narrative. This is old. Nobody needs it anymore. <laughs> there's and there's- also moving like from your 40s into your 50s into your 60s we the the stories the ageism is not it's not changed from the outside in it's changed from the inside out
0: I love it and we I love, are doing it I love the energy you bring to it because you're right you give up your you give up your right or your privilege to sit on the couch and whine and bitch, and, and and moan. 50, mm-hmm. and bitch and moan because you've now got a toddler going on you know or a school-aged child and maybe that's what keeps you young
1: you know, maybe, <laughs> yeah, it does. it does too. It does too. It yeah, does too. And it. it's like, it's also, it, it's a choice how we want to age. Mm-hmm. It's also a choice. What, what are the it's stories that we tell ourselves about our age. age? Wow. Mm-hmm. It's so it's good. Choice how we want to age. Wow. And so we are changing this, Sarah, we are changing the whole narrative from the inside out through our examples, through us taking a stand for, Hey, look at this. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to be here for, I mean, it's just the
0: math, 40-year-old mom and, die, and uh, dying at uh, 95. That is a very long, there's plenty of time for more grandchildren and great-grandchildren. So mm-hmm. let's stop mm-hmm. the, na- oh, I love it. I love it. Okay. So tell, you you mentioned Midway, how they get your book, but tell tell the listeners how they can find sure. all the so,
1: so my website is betinagordon.com and Bettina is with a B-E-T-T-I-N-A g-o-r-d-o-n bettina gordon.com forward slash joy. Perfect. Awesome. J-O-Y.
0: J-O-Y. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. Again, thank you for being a it voice. It is my
1: pleasure. <laughs> Sarah, thank, thank you. I just love about having these conversations because this is how we change the narrative. So thank you very much for having me. Yep, I love you. it. Thank you.
0: Please visit us at birthcircle.com, join our Facebook groups, or find us on Instagram and Pinterest. We hope you'll use our resources to support your birthing experience.